Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's sunny, Saturday, had a ton of coffee. So you can tell like I'm super awake after five cups because it, it takes me <laughs> about that many to that many to get here. Hey, real quick, man, where where exactly in Toronto are you based? Uh I'm I'm actually a couple hours west of Toronto. Yeah, that's why I ask. Because <laughs> I realize like there's probably Toronto and then there's like probably like more specific areas there. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh I live um in a little town called Bayfield. Okay which is like about a thousand people. It's a really tiny little town on Lake Huron. That's not bad. I'm yeah, so I, mean, I spent, I spent many, many years living like in Toronto itself, but yeah. I had enough of pollution and traffic and noise. And now I live in a little uh, cabin in the woods and it's quiet and I dig yeah. it. That's idyllic, man. I, I hear you. It's nice to get a taste of like, yeah, because I not like I'm in the same exact situation here in Denver. Like we're really close to the city, but like yes. at some point, it's really easy for me to pull the trigger and say, like, I'm when I'm done, I have options. I can pick one of our many amazing mountain towns that are nestled away like within an hour, or cool. if I want to hit like four hours away further up in the Rockies, I can I can yeah. So that's not yet. Not yet though. <laughs> no. Do you well you um so you're in Denver. Yeah. That's cool. I drove yep. through Denver once. Yeah. <laughs> never I mean, it's, it's not, it's really, it's pretty boring to drive through, to be frank. Like it's one where, yeah. um, cause you can take like, you know, one of our highways Our major one is basically a North South that'll cut you through the city. Mm-hmm. So if I have anywhere dicey to get to, that's usually the one, but the main uh, interstate we take is more the east west because we're usually going back east for some things or we're going further west into into the mountains for fun so nice. yeah it's uh, yeah that's i think we're the way i came because i was this is like about seven years ago i did a cross country i did a one month solo road trip nice. from starting on vancouver island and down the west coast Ooh. of the states and just camped out um stayed with a couple friends down in LA for a few days and then did a cross 
uh, the States. So I w- drove through, it was in, 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 I went through Vail. Yeah. 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 And it was in May and there was a giant blizzard and it, I got, I had to turn yeah. around and they closed the highway. I had to turn around and go back, found a little motel in some small town crashed yeah. the night and then made it through the next day and then drove through denver and all that but. tell you man that, that when you said may blizzard it's like that doesn't surprise me I, we've had family come in it's like hey we'll stay for about 48 hours you know like weather should be good and it was march april and it was just six inches of snow they're like yeah no can we stay with you a little longer yeah, yeah sure that's fine <laughs> but that's a pretty it's a pretty section of drive though as i as yeah I yeah I, I thought it was pretty cool Bad. um yeah, man. Speaking of coffee, that's the reason I was a couple of minutes late. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, I was, I went, I realized I got up and I realized I was out of coffee and I was just like, oh man, oh. I'm, I'm not doing this without coffee. So I had to run to the store. Oh my God. And I'm just thinking like, because I, where I get perplexed. So for starters, I have a dealer. They're in Camino Island, Washington. And they, so I have a regular shipment. So I basically never okay. run out. I get close. It's like, I'm on my last cup. I better get my box today. Yes. So I've, I'm, I'm usually right on time, but man, like I will clown on a lot of people who are just drinking coffee after sunrise. It's like, like that's a pre-dawn thing for me. It might be just because I have children and I need like a, you know, I've been a black coffee drinker since 13. So yeah. this is a lifelong thing. So yeah, you can imagine like 50 years, you know, that's, that's a long habit. I'm not, I'm not 63, but nonetheless, it's like, <laughs> it's just, I was going to say, what's, what's your secret? <laughs> what's my secret? Coffee. <laughs> so, but it's like, I'm just, I'm done by seven. I'm like, I was going to, like almost leave something to spare, but I'm like, no, that's gone. So I just, I just got, I got to furnish my other drinking habit now. Yeah. Yeah, man. So we're good. good. That's a long answer to how you doing. So. No, dude. Hey, it's all good, man. That's what we do. Well, thanks. Um, Just FYI, I am recording now. Okay. So I, 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 yeah. Uh, Thanks for, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, I don't know if uh, you want to, take a moment to introduce yourself to the six or seven people who listen to my show <laughs> six or seven well you know that's six or seven for now but i'm hunter hansen um and i also go by the the life autistic because it's a clever name and uh mm. you know i i will just say i am a uh, i was basically basically diagnosed with uh you know being on the autism spectrum at 16 right before I went to college. So great, great time in my life to where I've been, you know, two years into holding down steady work, you know, as a teenager, working a full-time job, kind of wow. ridiculous, but then, you know, going to college from from Iceland to Florida. So my life had a lot of interesting changes at that point. But no, by, um, you know, by day I'm autistic. I'm, I'm employed by a, a large tech company. So I've uh, had a pretty interesting and uh, relatively successful career in my 12 years there. I live in Denver, Colorado with my wife and my three daughters. Uh, so I'm kept very, very busy. Uh, but yeah, part of part of what I call like my long-term unmasking exercise has, uh, has been just writing about my autistic experience. It was something that I had uh, kept masked and hidden, obfuscated, and just buried behind like a suit of armor for years mm. until you know, until kind of hitting like the nadir of, you know, professional and personal depression. And then I thought, you know what, why don't I just try being me for once yeah. and disclosing that in full. And then I remember it took a 
you know, look for a good name. I'm like, I need to find like a blog or something. And I remember Steve, uh, you know, the life aquatic with Steve or yeah, it was Steve Zizu. I think it was Zizu, a poor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a Wes Anderson film that I'd seen once, but I liked the name of it. Went with that and then just started writing like my first episode. And I thought this is going to be stupid, but let me just like be cathartic. Let me just write about the yeah. experience. My trick was to just write out not all the content, but topics, just mm-hmm. things that I could go to through, you know, my former life. And like, yeah. and that's like the best thing I recommend for creators. If you want to get a project started, write out all your ideas, just barf them out. And I barfed out a lot. Yeah. I still have that list. And then I found out that like the life autistic continues. You add more things to it. Things yeah. happen. And it's like, shoot, I want to get to these evergreen topics. But then this thing happened. And it's like, oh, I should write about that. Yeah. And that was my the primary sphere of my advocacy. And then I don't know what finally clicked. I think it was another period of d- depression and upsetness. And then I decided, hey, let's let's just do this, but by video instead, where yeah. I could narrate a little bit, add some color. Writing is my skill, but I had nothing to hide with video. Yeah, I just don't. I'm all over my house, show off my kids. I, I don't get a chance to do my hair. And I've just found that it's it's grown. So between that, between Instagram and other stuff, I, I kind of, I kind of step back and think like, I'm literally my, my only expertise is my experience. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional, not a professional in autism, professional in other things, but just even discussing, this is what it's like. And I want to just justify the ways of autism to people who don't understand it yet. Yeah. And people seem to resonate with it, whether they're late diagnosed adults or they've been autistic and masking their whole life or, Hey, my son's autistic. And now they know it ain't a death sentence. It's just a difference. And so it's been, man, it's been wild, dude. (laughs) I can just say, this is not, I, this is not what I imagined five years ago. It's not even what I imagined six months ago, but, but here we are on we go. Yeah. That's interesting. I, um, yeah, I've had sort of a similar, I guess, experience in some ways like i i i how old are you now oh am i gonna disclose this publicly i mean you my don't early, have to 30s What's that? <laughs> I'll, I'll drop that hand i'm in my early to mid 30s and okay yeah that. cool so i'm 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 i just turned 45 well you don't look it so well, thank you sir surprise. thank you sir um, <laughs> well and uh i just i just was a f- diagnosed officially last fall so at the yeah. age of 44 uh self-diagnosed a year year and a half before that basically yeah. so after a, a lifetime of of um well a not knowing and then b of course masking because you're you know just trying to survive and then yeah. so i um in 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 my uh process of research and learning and and self-diagnosis and all that i came to discover that there weren't really a lot of materials available for undiagnosed late diagnosed self-diagnosed adults Mm -hmm. so then i started to decided to do this podcast to kind of just as a way to sort of leave markers along the path for anyone else who might be coming along this path behind me just uh just to you know do that and yeah similar to what you just said it has blown my mind the you know i just started recording just my random thoughts on my phone and posting them up via some podcast app and like i just discovered yesterday like i'm at ten thousand downloads now which is pretty exciting i mean it's not it's not joe rogan numbers but that's okay 
Yeah. But but it's just been really cool the uh the correspondence and I'm sure you know this is for you it's it's the the same thing mm-hmm. times 10 or 20 of just getting these messages from people all over the world just going wow this is great and and so it's been really cool and then also like having these conversations with you know this other other um autistic adults and just sharing yeah. our experiences it's been a really cool process for me just like full of surprises i think like and that's one where like i i see that in I forget whether I think it was it was this lady from Kenya and I forget who it was, but it was somewhere. And I just I'm trying to piece together the details, but reading your enthusiasm about the conversations. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like the Joe Rogan numbers. And I obviously as a creator, you can you can probably empathize. But I I had to decouple myself from that because, yeah, the things that I've found more joy in it's not like it's not so much a numerical value it's like the kind of comment that somebody says hey i've been wondering about this my whole life Mm -hmm. or i've had some profound ones like someone like hey you you were like an answer to prayer you know for me like you know understand my son and so anytime i get I get like upset or just discouraged about like me thinking like I'm glad you mentioned the Joe Rogan thing because there's like there's always there's always a bigger fish and then then I think like what would I be happier with would I be happier as a you know a a two million subscriber YouTube channel or knowing that like I had that or would I would I want just more of the good conversations the the connections the people who feel like hey I can be openly autistic yeah. And then they go and do awesome things. They yes. change their sphere. They, you know, so it's like, I'm like, I read the excitement when you talk about your guests or when yeah. you like share yeah. some of that stories. And like, that is, it's like, yeah, I just, I wish I could always tap into that essence more. So like that, yeah. that stuff is, that's where the juice is at. And it I, really is I've Yeah, getting, getting those notes. Like, yeah, I, I've the one, there's been a few that have really touched me too. And, and yeah, you know, I, I've had a couple messages from people who, and it's funny that a lot of them kind of go the same way. It's like, Hey, I just discovered your podcast. I just listened to like 10 episodes in a row. I had to write. I'm so ex- like, thank you for doing what you do. Everything you're talking about is exactly what I've been feeling. Exactly. Yep. didn't know how to, how to express or describe. Yeah. And it's really helping me. And it's making, giving me like a little boost of like something, you know, and then yeah. also like talking to some people that, um, cause I'll often message back and forth with these people. And then I'll go, mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to come be on the show? And like a lot of times it's like, no, 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 I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable or confident talking in front of people, but then they'll say, but that's why I love that you're doing what you do because yeah. you are giving me a voice that I don't have. And like that, those are the, those are the messages that like, I just tear up and I'm like, oh my God, because then I feel like I'm doing important work, you know? And that's like, it's funny where, you know, obviously being autistic, when you talk about the emotional impact, the empathetic stuff, I'm like, I thought that was just reserved for normal humans. But then I find like there's, it taps into a reservoir. I, I bet you get this word a lot, but I, growing up, I felt like I couldn't relate to anybody like mm-hmm. and a lot of my creation and work and stuff was like unrelatable but since dipping into this like that's a word people use now 
I related to this. I found this so relatable. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just some weird rando out here in Denver with kids <laughs> just describing his autism. And then I realized, whoa, I'm not alone. And they're yeah. just clicking and realizing they're not alone. Yeah. And like, that is a powerful thing to move somebody from feeling alone to where they're yeah. hearing somebody else articulate a lot of their experience and validate it. And then it's like, I, I am not alone. And that's powerful. And like, I can't, I can't put a number value on that to derive happiness. It's just like, I make people feel less alone when they're autism. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a good mission. And that's, I, yeah, it's cool that you like, I'm surprised that people would decline to speak about their experience, but I guess, I guess everybody just has a different on-ramp to like internalizing it. And then, discussing it and that's yeah yeah. so if you are listening like just just talk it's like your voice like you know because I was the same way and you probably were too like reticent to share stuff with the world and I I still remember it was actually a Saturday when I recorded my first video I didn't have a tripod Um, that's actually the only piece of equipment I have is my tripod and it's it's (laughs) it's like it's this little thing so it's basically an $11 squiggly thing And then my iPhone and iPhones have pretty amazing cameras, but I remember using the props I used and it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing this. And even though I've been blogging about it and talking about it, it just feels weird. But then if I can feel the weirdest and just break the glass and tidy up afterward, because I don't like spilled glass, then, you know, what does that enable for others? Yeah. That's, that's a gift. It is. And it's, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, there's something um there's something really cool like you said about finding your tribe in a way yeah like i i I, i've talked about this before but i i went to the like a year ago there's a i live in the middle of nowhere but you know an hour an hour and a bit away is the next sort of city and i the friend of mine told me about a, a a support group there for autistic people and i i showed up to a meeting one time and i remember i still remember the first day i went and it was like just being in a room full of other autistic people. And I, it was so emotionally powerful for me to just Mm. sit there and go, okay, I can, I was still, I'm sure I was, I was still masking quite a bit because I didn't know how not to at that point, but I kind of felt like a a few cracks starting to happen in that mask. Like, okay, I'm going, I'm, I'm not able to do it yet, but I'm going to be able to feel comfortable here. And it was just, you know, I described it to other people. Like, it, it, it's like if you lived, if you, if you, it's like if you were, everyone around you is five feet tall and you're eight feet tall and you've lived your whole life just being tall. And then all of a sudden you go into a room one day and there's all these other eight feet tall people. It's like, you're just like, oh, okay. Like you just suddenly meet other people that, you know, um, share that particular thing that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting like I- even and it's because it, I as you're saying that I was like almost inverting it just thinking like there's a different you know, being eight feet tall would be kind of cool right <laughs> like because I was inverting it thinking like if I were five feet tall among eight feet tall people yeah I would, I would definitely feel diminished and less and like yeah find other people who are of that height I can see that but what's telling about that example you know I've never you know like, it's funny because, like, I can, like, fluctuate my weight, but I can't do my height. So it'd be nice yeah. to say, like, you know, I got really healthy and fit, you know, and I got up to about eight feet tall at one point rather than got down, like, you know, whatever weight. Mm-hmm. But you think about, like, the challenges that people wouldn't anticipate. 
yeah being tall i'm not going to disclose my height i'm not super tall but i'm tall enough to where some things are just they're they're a bit of a gripe so yeah. my children they'll drop things yeah repeatedly and it's like okay i don't like having to pick these things up if i were shorter this would be easier <laughs> but i am not shorter i'm taller um, so for every advantage that I have, like, and I think autism parallels that, like, ah, for every random arcane fact I remember to where it's not difficult, it, it yeah. just attacks me mentally. Yeah. You know, the equivalent is like, hey, I can reach tall shelves and stuff, but yeah. there's other hidden challenges. Like, wouldn't it be cool to be tall? Yeah, try getting on an airplane. Yeah. I thought, you know, hey, quote unquote, high functioning autistic, like, oh, that just means it's autism light. And no, it doesn't. You know, yeah. it's like, you're basically just good at memorizing things. And it's like, yeah, well, try explaining anxiety when you're making a phone call like yeah, yeah. The stupid stuff like yeah. to me it's like i shouldn't i shouldn't be stressing over this i shouldn't be stressing over the, like having to clip my nails and thinking that that activity needs planning and structure like so there's all kinds of weird assumptions that you know autistic people especially those with different types of support needs yeah. greater independence um like you just you don't see it you think like hey you're eight feet tall you can reach anything you can yeah. jump without without uh without having to jump yeah but try find shoe try finding shoes that fit yeah. try going into people's houses try yeah. getting comfortable in a chair you know yeah. and there's like all kinds so anyway not to over over uh, unspool that example but that's yeah i think that's actually a better one you know yeah. like it's like being eight feet tall and everybody thinks it's cool you know but they don't realize this is this is a challenge yeah. you know but what, maybe I'll get that tall one day. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um, on that topic, uh, is that something you would like to talk about? Like challenges that you face and support that you need in your life? Ooh, man. So I, that's almost like how long, how long do we have? <laughs> well, we, I, can always, we can always do a part two and three. Part two. So part 12 with Hunter, you know, we're, we're talking about challenges in, wait, we're still in second grade. Hunter, what the hell? Mm. I, uh, Sorry, what the heck? In case you need to edit. <laughs> oh, no, no. This is an adult show. Okay, okay, all right. Because All, I was, I had all some, language is fine. Oh, all language. Okay, I'll, I'll use a little Icelandic then if it gets really, really dicey. Nice. The, that, I think, is probably... That's one of the topics to where sometimes you like you are just given that voice, right? I You look at like the quote-unquote other autism advocates slash influencers and the way someone put it is like you vibe with different people a different way and i'm like yeah. vibe is like i'm like oh you're using the verb form okay i'm old so i i need to remember that you know vibe is a different different thing my my passions are more of like we're ahead an arena of being an autistic like professional you know because there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of you know people um you know, in, in the neurodivergent spectrum to where the challenges are a little more real and closer at hand. Like I'm having trouble maintaining life. How am I supposed to find work? I have a lot of difficulty with independence, executive function. And that's, I mean, that's a real challenge. I yeah. face some elements of that, but I might not exactly vibe with somebody like that who struggles to you know keep everything down like I do too but the reality is I, I have a home I, yeah. I am married I have three children I do yeah. drive poorly but I do and there's a lot yeah. towards like it may look like I don't have similar challenge but then you flip the script on hey Hunter you know I'm 
I struggle in my career and at work and I feel ostracized because I don't have the kind of social capital and grace to where my abilities really stand at the forefront. And like you have a whole glut of people who are, and I'm not saying it's a ton, but like there's a segment of the autistic population who is very overemployed. Um, They do very well, but Mm -hmm. they struggle just from, um, you know, having to mask, um, but still like playing the political game, et cetera, and trying to figure out how that works. And, and so it's almost like a different category to where like some advocates can't quote vibe with that. Like I've never been at a company for 10 years at this executive level, trying to manage and advocate, like it's a, it's a certain complexity. So kind of going back, like that's, you know, taking it out of that smaller sphere and more into the the wider sphere, like there are a ton of autistic people who have been unheard and underrepresented because in in the United States, I think the autism narrative is from parents and children. The children are the autistic ones. And when they grow up, they disappear and you never hear from them until we churn out more autistic kids. And you think about like where, you know, like we we'd probably come around to that because I don't know, and I'd assume it may be different in Canada. I'm not sure. But Similar. in the U.S., like, yeah, it's like you, the narrative is basically driven by parents supporting autistic children. Yeah. Or, oh, it's an autistic adult who is a savant yeah. or has savantism. And it's like, oh, then you think like, oh, it's it's like it's Temple Grandin or it's others who have been well supported. Yeah. And you get kind of like the... I don't want to say silent majority, but you do get like a ton of other autistic adults who quote unquote function are representative of different types of needs that uh, allow for greater independence, but basically run aground. So it's, uh, and I think like where, where this really came to a head for me is just, you know, I, it is easy for me to try to do my way out of problems. Like, oh, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to work on being as kind and saying the right thing in every situation because I can just rehearse every conversation yeah. And never say the right thing or never say the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I can just never make mistakes. So that way my worth as a person will be secured and people will overlook my weird autistic tendencies because mm-hmm. I'm a super doer. And you can already see like, Hunter, that's a recipe for burnout. And I can yeah. raise my hand and say, yes, it is. Because this yeah. is what autistic people do. This yeah. is the kind of like hidden struggle to where we are yeah. very well aware of, if not our autism, our difference. Yeah. And that we... We, ha- we don't want to stick out. We just want to stand out, but it's hard to stand out without feeling like we stick out. So there's a lot of that complexity that it's just, you know, I'm, I think we're part of a, um, like the last generation of um, like autistic adults who are going to quote, wake up to it as adults. Mm-hmm. Like you think about 10 years, like parents are getting more woke about it. It's yeah. the narrative is changing and it's like, and I'm, I'm hearing it now. Like, I don't know any other autistic adults. I don't know any other mothers who are autistic as well. Yeah. So that's the start. But you think about where the narrative's going of like, oh, children don't grow out of autism. Autistic yeah. children become autistic adults. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then I feel like it's just, it's, um, I did a video called like the future of autism. And that's like one of the more optimistic things is just yeah. changing the landscape of understanding and awareness. And I think the last thing I'll kind of tie off is um, there's uh, people have gotten up in arms about this, this 
Aya Sia. I, I don't really know how her name is pronounced, but yeah, the one either. film. Yeah, so they're like, I know it's like I'm blissfully ignorant. I'm just I'm unwoke to this, but I'm I'm thinking like my advocacy isn't so much invective against her misguided um, yeah. approach to it. It's more of when somebody's in a job interview and they're nervous as all hell mm-hmm. and they end up using a $10 word polysyllabic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want that interviewer to like stop and think not, Hey, this person used a word. I don't understand. They're probably arrogant and snobbish and I don't like how they're going to interact with my team. And you know, if they're, if they're trying to show off like this, I'm advocating where that person's going to stop and think, Hey, you know what? I know something about neurodivergence. Mm-hmm. Some people on uh, across different neurodivergent spectrums may choose a word that they like for a particular quality that best expresses the specificity of what they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. It's not a flex. They're not trying to show off. They're not trying to stand apart and not be a team player. This is just who they are. Let me yeah. continue listening. That's what I'm shooting for, you know, because yeah. that is going to help elevate, you know, one's livelihood, professional achievement, the ability yeah. to build independence. Dude, that's a long game, but I, you know how autism is, man. I mean, if I, we're focused and it's like, I can hang on to this for a while. I can, <laughs> so it's like, I'm not, I ain't going to get bored. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> so I, my, my ADHD symptoms, like I can flip to some stuff, but this one, man, I'm sinking my teeth in, like yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. And it's a routine for me, which means I'm just going to do it in perpetuity. So nice. anyway, so you asked if I wanted to speak to that. That's yeah. That's kind of my, my, my intro to my intro there. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's I appreciate that. I mean, that's, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't know, you touched on a lot of things there that I could get into, but yeah, it is. I I do find that interesting. Like you talked about, um, sorry, I'm just fi- thinking about like 16 different things you mentioned all at yeah. once and I'm trying to decide, <laughs> trying to just figure like, out where to go with it. Um, like it's a large menu. It's like, you know, I'm sure yeah. of the 16, like there's 10 that are so, so maybe three that are right, but I I'm with you, man. Like we can pick and run with one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I, 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 I hope to do with this, with this podcast too, is, is, you know, there's, we we talked about, about you know, getting those messages from other autistic people going mm-hmm. like appreciating it, but I, also for um, non-autistic people to, to learn a bit, which is really interesting. And, and yeah. we talked about that, like that person who's conducting that job interview and it maybe is a little more educated or sensitive around these topics to, mm-hmm. you know, um, God, man, I, you also gave me a little bit of a, <laughs> a bit of panic there. Cause I mean, job interviews for me was something that, I was always just so horrible at and just so it's like just terrible, 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 terrible at job interviews to the point of it's just like, I never understood. I always did it wrong. I always fucked it up and I'd always walked away and didn't get the job and just never really knew why. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a, I feel like now I I would be, if I was in a job interview now and was feeling like my um autism traits being very present in me Mm. i i think i feel like now i feel like i would even be a little more empowered to just say that straight up to somebody as opposed to like trying desperately to hide it and like breaking out into a full body sweat or something like i normally used to do yeah and even like that bit like you're it's almost like an anti-masking thing to where you instead of actively trying to suppress it like you find ways to 
open it up and infuse it yeah. a little bit into the into the the process. And I found that like bizarrely, um, without saying too much, I I interview a lot. I have interviewed people. I have yeah. also been interviewed. Yeah. Uh, recently, had a um, you know opportunity within my company to where I went through ten interviews. Yeah, I saw your post about that. Yeah, yeah. didn't get it. <laughs> so, yeah. but but I tell you, like the comic tale about it that I love in like you know kind of looking through my autistic lens. One makes a great story. Yeah, yeah. Ten months or what? Ten interviews, four months, didn't get the job. Like that's a good, and I love the fact that it's its own narrative now. Yeah, and I get like enthusiastic about it because I have a lot of these stories. But two, man, it was good practice. Mm-hmm. It was good practice. And I realized like the, this was a first for me because I would just casually disclose it and like weave it into the thread to where I'm telling you a lot about myself, but I'm not doing it awkwardly. And I yeah. don't know whether that's just the fact that, dude, I have, let's just say I have practiced a lot of interviews. <laughs> it's just, and it's yeah. one to where you just, you just do it. And it's like, um, it's never easy, but it is practiced. And yeah just even something casually to say, like, you know, like even leaning on what you would call an autistic tendency, or, you know, it is, you know, like, I I don't know whether it's my autism or what talking or like uh, finding ways to like balance, like, you know, I've got like this certain autistic hyper-focus into XYZ project, you know, but then if I need to get others to get on board, here's what I'll do. So like finding ways to give that as a this is still who I am. This is still where it shapes my abilities. And then I feel like I've broken a little bit of that. And then I just discuss, you know, how I approached it these days though, man, it's just, it's all stories. I just try to tell a story, try to make it interesting because that's a little bit of like, I don't know if it's an autistic tactic, but it's an observation to where one, having been an interviewer, I realized that they all blend together unless somebody tells you a story and then it's different. You know, so this can't be the interview advice blog or podcast, but I will say like, and I, I still do this coaching. It's like, if you just tell me how you're going to do it, I'm going to yeah. get a copy of that from just about everybody who can furnish a workable answer, but yeah. stories are unique and individual. It's almost like, I don't know, like, like, you know, in the new Testament, like that's why a lot of the wisdom was dispensed in parables. Mm-hmm because they were stories it wasn't hey here's the here's the fable here's the moral here's what to do let me tell you about a guy who owned a vineyard and he sent his servants out and they came back beat and you're already like hooked into the details and then when you start throwing in names in the mix and it's like you know and then this one senior manager dave i mean this guy his good days were bad days came in he had coffee down on his shirt the first person he looked at was was me my computer wasn't turning off on I was already three minutes late and like already right now you're a little bit hooked wondering like, what the heck's happening? Is this even yeah. real? No, it's not. Cause you know, I, I haven't worked out in person on site in a while, but yeah. like, those are the things that get to people. And I realized, yeah. Oh, if I can just frame these to get to like how humans yeah. understand yeah. skills and narratives, then I can do that autistic thing where you rehearse a story where you write yeah. out literally every single question. And can I relate this to a story? And if, if I'm betting against, you know, their ability to come up with questions versus mine, um, those are even odds for me. And they yeah. have been, <laughs> it's like, like I said, it, 10 interviews in and, you know, maybe I can refine it and, you know, actually, you know, get a, get a different gig, but it's like, yeah. it's nice to be able to do that. But even that yeah. is hard because yeah. it's, again, it's an awkward situation 
it's awkward for, for neurotypicals. But then when you yeah. look at like, why is it awkward for me being autistic? And then when you mention like the cold sweat of, I don't even want to reveal who I am when the whole purpose of the interview is so that they can get to know me better. Yeah. Like that paradox, man, it's, it's excruciating. So like yeah. even that dialogue, man, five years from now, like I want the people on the interviewer side who are actively trying to be better interviewers to like, I think you, you said like to learn and to get wiser. And I think just more understanding, yeah. like this is a tense situation for autistic people or neurodivergent people in these different ways. Yeah. Here's how you can still draw out their skills, their personality, and kind of break through the nervousness of an interview veneer to better yeah. understand them. And then, you know, hey, maybe we just need more examples of, hey, I'm autistic. I'm very successful in my career. My interviews always had me shaking and I wore dark shirts so that they wouldn't see me sweat through it. That's yeah. my one tip. Let me share the rest. And then, yeah. you know, when they see like, oh, hey, I want great talent. I want great autistic talent. Yeah. But this is how I get them. You know, yeah. again, that's a long game, but somebody's got to play it. It is. And I think, I think like um, there's something too about just kind of like normalizing it, you know, yeah. like, like I, I'd like it, I'd like it to be, like if you went in a job interview and you just said like you were dyslexic or something, mm -hmm. they just go, okay, cool. So now we just know like you might have spelling mistakes or yeah. you know what I mean? Or something. Like different it might accommodations. Take you, like, it might hey, take you maybe... a little longer to, to read something and, but it's not going to like, a, it's just, it's not a thing people would get uncomfortable around. If you, if you tell somebody you're dyslexic, they're not going to be like, Oh, that's I'm uncomfortable now. And yeah. I think it's with autism. It's I've noticed in the last two years of me disclosing this to people it sometimes makes people really uncomfortable because they all of a sudden they sort of back away. Like, I don't really know what that means. I don't know how yes. to, how to relate to you. And now do I, and now I'm going to start acting weird with you. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, just keep being normal. Like it's fine. It just, it just, I want, I want you to know I'm autistic and I want to be able to explain to you if I'm struggling with things like, yeah. you know, I, I have, the job I'm at now is the first job I've ever disclosed it to the, my employers. And, yeah. and it was just, a, you know, a, a, just trying to explain simple things like, Hey, when you're, when you're asking me to do things, I just need it to be really, really clear. clear. Yeah. I don't, if there's like gray area, about who's doing what, like, that's really confusing for me. Like, cause sometimes like a certain job I'll think is my job, but then someone else starts doing that. And I just go, yeah. okay, I don't understand am I still supposed to be doing this? Should I stop yes. doing this now? Like I was, I took a week off and then you started doing this job, but I had already set it up so that no one would have to do it while I was gone because I did it. In yes. advance. So now I'm confused. So it's like those kind of things where I just, I, it's like, I just want them to understand, you know, and I said to I said to my boss last year, I just said, you know, like there, there could be times when you're going to explain something to me that in your brain, like you could not have said it any simpler but I'm just not going to get it yeah. because the, whatever words you yeah. use in the order you use them just didn't make sense to my brain. So I'll have to ask you again. I'm not asking you to say it louder. I'm not asking you to enunciate it better. Yes. I'm not asking you to say it slower or say I'm it slower. To, yeah. I'm asking you <laughs> yeah, to like, exactly. I'm asking you to take the same thought you had and figure out a way to state it in a different way and see if that way clicks for me. Um, yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's just asking for a little bit of patience and a little bit of like workarounds, um, you know, 
yeah but it's it's just combinations it's it's funny having these conversations though because sometimes it's like i don't know it's it 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 can be sort of comedy at times well yes because i it's one where and people go back and forth on like this disclosure thing and some people it for like i don't want to say hey yeah just disclose it because you just may not be in a safe place yeah in your workplace or your personal life to where you feel like you can articulate like the language I like using, and again, like divorcing this from specific company context, but just general workplace is just like accommodation. Like what yeah. you described, it's not a way to highlight your deficiency. It's a way to help amplify and help like, you know, a company or an employer or even a coworker better understand where your needs can be met to like unlock your best work or yeah. Like, like, I love that language because even just the whole, when somebody's like, if you can't make it any clearer, I'm like, you know, five bucks says I can make it clearer yeah. once I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, do you really want to challenge me on that? Like I, my wife, she is <laughs> unendingly patient, but the phrase yeah. is autistic level of specificity to where there is no ambiguity. Yeah. Like, Hey, if you'll call downstairs, Hey, what's this? My pat answer is this is a pronoun. You got to be more specific. Is it a spill? Is it something in the toaster? Is it, you know, or even like locating clothes? Um, I have a certain directional way of asking, like, you know, I'll start it like for Jody, my youngest daughter, I'll just ask, do you have a preference on what bow she wears today? If it's yes, then I know, okay, which bow would you like me to get? Then it's okay. Get this one. It's this texture. It's in this basket over here. And if it's not there, like, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. I usually want to hear no. I don't have a preference. Good. I'll just pick one out and I'll yeah. do my best. So yeah. rather than me jumping to the need of, oh, she needs a bow. And then assuming that just because she needs a bow doesn't mean I can pick the one that in her mind had a certain match with that outfit. So yeah, even home accommodations are, are fun. But it's like, dude, it's it's totally true. And I feel like that's the... Like even with like the dyslexia thing, like as obviously, cause I've interviewed people before in my mind, I don't think, oops, they, they can't read and I can't do this. It's no, yeah. they may struggle with following written instructions in certain environments mm-hmm. when I'm stressed and I have somebody <clears throat> yelling at me and I'm trying to read through documentation, I'm yeah. going to struggle because I'm processing the stressor and that stressor yeah. directly affects my, you know, um, my dyslexia. And I'm not an expert in, I don't know how it works, but I can imagine, oh, hey, this may have varying levels of need. Or if it's crucial, I prefer to have information communicated verbally and yeah. then reinforced or ample time provided. Like, hey, I can read these directions, but I'd like you to accommodate me with greater time to get yeah. through it and comprehend yeah. it and then it's but see ryan that's predicated on one's understanding of dyslexia I mean, mine yeah. is imperfect um but i know that like hey these are some possible things you throw out autism yeah and like you get what's the preconceived notion then it's like uh-oh is this person a robot yeah I can I not invite them to social gatherings? Are they going to freak out if I try to surprise? And then it's it's just pred- it's like it's lack of knowledge, it's lack yeah. of understanding, yeah. and it's not ignorance. It's pre enlightenment. You yeah. don't know what you don't know, and yeah. that's why I'm like I said. I think we're both in the the sphere of taking people from pre enlightenment to you are now enlightened about what autism really means and where you can better accommodate autistic and neurodivergent people. Yeah. So 
process for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's like the the recoil on that. I just it's yeah, it's it's yeah. I some people really don't play well into that stereotype, and then others, it's just yeah. I it's unfortunate, but at least the way I look at it, with a lot of fear over how autism is portrayed at least yeah. it makes an easy target, you know, cause then I can say, Hey, you know, like this one character who is portrayed as autistic. Okay. Now that you have something I can work with or work against, it's like, let me yeah. tell you what it's really like. I am not going to memorize everything you tell me yeah. and then fail to tie my shoes. I can yeah. tie my shoes. Well, I can actually tie them to where they won't become unloosened because there's a special trick that I used and read online to where I can just leave them laced and they don't unlace unless my daughter unties them. And see, now I'm over specifying how I know how to tie a shoe. It's a cool <laughs> trick, but then also like, just say like, Hey, it's not that, you know, just because I remember many things doesn't yeah. mean I can always be counted on to be like a or photographic. So yeah. like you need to know that, Hey, Hunter, when supported, and I saw this on LinkedIn. It was beautiful. Like this one lady is like my one brilliant friend when her needs were met, did brilliant things. Yeah. Could just articulate. She was lucid when her needs were not met. She fell apart. Yeah. And it was just like, that's it. Yeah. When my needs are met and I have clarity. I yeah. have, you know, support and I am forgiven for mistakes and I'm understood. And people take the time to understand that when I respond quickly and briskly in the negative, it's not rudeness. Yeah. It's, Hey, maybe I should have front loaded this with Hunter to say, Hey, this sounds like something you'd say no to, mm -hmm. but I've got some details that might make it enticing. Want to hear like, Whoa, you just gave me agency into saying no yeah. <laughs> to you kind of asked about my bandwidth in a way. And you understand that I'm going to try to think ahead. And that's like, that's what I want. And then yeah. I can do great things. But when it's, yeah. you need to do this and I don't know why it's difficult. And then it's like, okay, now I'm feeling it. Yeah. And I, I want to undo that. <laughs> so, yeah. Totally. I found like, um, things you, you, you got me thinking about something too, that like I've found in the last, the last year, just with learning about, you know, how my brain works and everything. Like, you know, I, I have a example of, like my mom, for instance, like we're close. Mm. She lives five minutes from me. I see her a couple of mm. times a week. You yeah. know, she, I, she comes over. Well, she comes over and like watches my kid sometimes if I, if uh -huh. I need, you know, yeah. which, is, which is great. But it's like, it's funny. Like my mom is one of these people who speaks in code and never says what she means. Mm. And is always like hinting at things or being sort of not passive aggressive but like she'll be Indirect. trying to trying to ask you something but not ask you but she wants you to just arrive there yeah make it like make it as if she wasn't asking and you just and it's Intuit i've found it, it my yeah. entire life i have found it like endlessly frustrating and it's it's been empowering and better for our relationship because i used to just get so grumpy at her and just yeah. so i was just like fuck you're so annoying but i didn't know why i felt that way do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So now, now I I'm do. in this place where I've been able to explain to her, I'm like, you can't hint at things. You can't beat around the bush. I'm not going to read between the lines. Just tell me in the most direct, literal, precise language you can, what it is you're trying to say or ask me. And if you're trying to like, you know, people try to like, uh, 
it's like they try to make a game of it and they think it's fun to like beat around the bush and like they think it's cute or something you know and i'm just like that shit is not cute to me that shit is fucking annoying but it's been good for our relationship to be able to do that and sometimes now when she just starts talking to me in, in code or something and i just look at her and i just go i don't understand what you're saying i'm about to get grumpy at this conversation i need you to just be direct and tell me what the fuck you're trying to talk to me about and and it's we can sort of laugh at it which is good and it's been better yeah. for our relationship and i think having that like um having that uh getting to that place for me of like knowing that that's what i need and knowing that instead of just getting pissed off at people and just being able to go okay this isn't working for me I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what game this is, but I can't play it. So just tell me what what's up. Yeah. You know, and um, she was trying to like my birthday was last month and she was trying to they had an idea for a present for me, but they were trying to she was trying to like ask me. Yeah. These obscure questions to see if it was to like get hint at this present. And I was like, I was like, I don't know what you're doing right now, but it's driving me nuts. You got to (laughs) stop. Yeah. So I the question to that is, did they end up? inferring what kind of present you wanted or did you eventually spring the trap and say like hey like are you like what are you trying to figure out and yeah. was it like what do you want for your birthday like if you want to know what i want for my birthday just ask yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i've i've even told people like my joke is i'm a no <laughs> surprises guy like don't even surprise me on my birthday yeah i just don't i would rather it's rare that i am very pleased and happy by a surprise and it would have to be something to where i have um i've been very open about it and open about like i don't have this and i want it um yeah but it's rare but my expectation is not to be surprised yeah i think it's in like what you mentioned it's that whole the the grammar of understanding where people want to speak to elicit intuition Mm -hmm. and where you just know my lack of intuition is not due to any indifference. It's due Mm. to difference. Um, Mm. Good example. I am. So we're recording this on in March. I just got done cutting an episode about autism and rudeness. And boy, I tell you, I just loved, I enjoyed it. And that's what, (laughs) that's what makes it for me. I, no matter how a video performs, I've told myself if I enjoy making it, I enjoy editing it. If I enjoy doing the scene work and if I enjoy making the thumbnail, I need to lock that away Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, somebody might not like it. It might not get a ton of views, impressions. Like I can go through all the metrics that would say this is a failure, but I want to look at stuff and think so much fun with this. And, and And it's good. But that one, that topic of, you know, literalities, but they're also the topic of these like assumptions that we can all we're like that we all have the same level of intuitive capacity yeah and where this is the another one of those quote-unquote you know um, autism struggles when you do have again different support types if you are good at piecing together patterns and you have demonstrated that throughout your life it's almost illogical to some people it's like how can you figure out complicated puzzle x yeah but you can't figure out that i wanted a second cup of coffee yeah and then it's like then it's difficult because you add an emotional component and then people get upset and you've mentioned like you get upset and kind to where like hey i am somebody speaking a different language they're speaking portuguese Mm -hmm. and expecting me to hear it as spanish there are some um 
uh, mutual intelligibility. Like there, there, it, there does exist some mutual intelligibility between, you know, like Spanish, Portuguese and others. But if you're yeah. speaking one, expecting them to, for you to pick it up in yeah. your native language, which is you know, Portuguese or whatever, then it, then there's friction. And then yeah. it's, then there's emotion. And then there's, what is that? It's anger. And then it's uh, frustration. And then what does that go to? This person is, they're not different. They're indifferent. And like, that's, yeah. that's one of those, again, let's unbox that. Like, Hey, we're yeah. not being rude. We're not lacking an in intuition due to indifference. It's yeah. that we just don't know what game you're playing to that end though. Then I realized sometimes people bring out the board and I'm trying to figure out like, Oh, you brought out a certain board. It's either chess or checkers. Mm -hmm. And so there's like things that I have done to um, almost build that in as like a, like an adaptive capacity, like a really good one that I've just um, like a really good one. And I'll, I'll share this. Cause it, a lot of people, a lot of people ask about like autism and relationships. They're yeah. like, when are you going to do the wife of the life autistic? I'm like, when she wants to. The wife like, of the life autistic. I, I'm not, and I mean, bro, like you mentioned kids, right? So like, there's other dynamics that like, it's like, hey, I don't, I, I, I told my wife, like, whenever you want in, let me know and we'll, we'll mm -hmm. talk. But like one thing that happened was just her mentioning how frequently our youngest daughter would let's just say do unseemly things to her diaper on like a certain recurring shopping trip. And yeah. I didn't realize that she was mentioning that as a way to lay the groundwork of urgency and elevate that to where Hunter, I care about this and I want yeah. to be cared about in this regard. And I had to like, it was a tough day because I, I dropped the ball, but I had to realize I want her to accept me for who I am, but I need to accept her for who she is as a neurotypical with Absolutely. a different mode. Yeah. So what I did was like, we, we had it out. Yeah. We, we ended up throwing that day in the trash, but since then I've realized my autistic attribute of hyper-focus and place of being at work, I don't let it get interrupted because I don't care about people around me. It's yeah. because I'm, I have a routine that says I need to focus on work unless some other extant catastrophe is going on around me. Yeah. If it doesn't reach catastrophic levels, then subconsciously yeah. I'm not going to undo the airlocks, put on my spacesuit and get there. Yeah. So what I did is like, I just created like a simple routine reminder to where I still care about her. I still care about our daughter and like ruining her car seat and all that I do, but I need something to where even in my line of focus, it yeah. floats back into my view to say, aha, I need to express how I feel in this moment at this time. I do care, but I just need it to get back into my routine to yeah. do it. And like even describing it sounds robotic, but it's, it's not, it's me working yeah. against myself. And I'm like adapting it a little bit. Yeah. Oddly enough, Ryan, since then, she's almost been an angel in terms of, you know, keeping her nappy clean. So it's almost like, maybe yeah. that's the trick. I just need to ask more about this. And yeah. I think that's the other, like, I think in the, in the negative sense, it can make it look like, Hey, we autistic people need to be the ones to, to bend. But I think it's more of, there's understandings a two way street. Yeah. And I, yeah. I can, understand like neurotypical people i think can better understand each other naturally yeah and i think just exploring those differences of where hey you need to understand that my office is like an airlock i close out and focus out because when i'm at work i'm at work i get my best work done here i'm not trying to shut you out but i also need to understand your needs of you know this is a jarring event for you it is the worst part of your day 
Yeah. I need something that where we can come together. And I've learned that dude relationships are work period. Yeah. They just are yeah. even between two neurotypicals when you get the neuro atypical and, you know, neurotypical yeah. people together, it's um, I'm still learning and I want to be yeah. pliable and I want to learn where I know who I am, but also what can I do differently to where I can still be me, but I can do a different thing yeah. and, you know, help expand the borders of grace as I call it. So yeah, yeah that's um. Now I'm trying to think, what are we talking about? Now all I can think of is diaper explosions and, uh, you know, and stuff like <laughs> you, I so, think you started with your, your, your video about rudeness. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I can't, I can't wait later in March. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Cause I, oh, I find, it's... I mean, that's uh, something that I, I've been actually thinking about, um, a lot in the, in the recent weeks and in the last couple of months, even it's just mm. as I, as I, um, continue the this process of of unmasking and yeah. just allowing myself to be my authentic autistic self i do find that sometimes i if i do sort of slip into that robot mode mm-hmm. where i'm my answers are short and my yep. tone of voice is probably a little bit severe and i don't mean it to be but i'm just yeah. i'm thinking i'm focused it's just like yeah. i'm and then, yeah, I can perhaps, uh, not perhaps, I definitely at times forget that I'm speaking to humans. And, and I've, I've certainly caught myself a few times going, oh, I think I'm probably being perceived as kind of an asshole right now. And it's not, you know, maybe that's also a bit of paranoia or overthinking. Yeah. But, you know, it, it just, it's like, it, it, that's the funny thing about, about this, about being us, I think sometimes is, you're always you're interacting with people, but you're always kind of have this thing running at the same time. Is like, am I doing this right? Am yeah. I? And as you go through, as I've been going through this process of of unmasking and letting myself just be me, I, I, I in the last couple of months, or I, I kind of go, oh, I think I'm maybe I'm maybe I've turned you know pushed one of these knobs on the on the too big far. mixing yeah. board. Like maybe yes. I've <laughs> let one go a little too high. I need to bring it back a bit because I think I'm these people are looking at me like maybe I'm being a jerk right now. <laughs> it's a weird like you mentioned this because I there's a topic of you know because I've done one video and I've heard a lot of people talking about masking and I think it's helpful to articulate where and how we do it but then it's you know yeah. the the season comes about like hey take off the mask unmask and i don't think it's i don't think it's something you just pop off i think it's a process yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a layered like makeup prosthetic to where i'm going to unlayer this and yeah. there's some things to where i will always have somewhat of a mask like it's yeah. just you know what i need this for my own sanity like a good one i, I give is my children crowding me I yeah. cannot always insist on having my space to myself alone hundred percent of the time. I yeah. need to put on like the full torso suit of armor to say, all right, girls, I love you. And I love you enough to kind of balance my own autistic attribute for needing space to let you all <laughs> jump on me unpredictably and yeah. pull my hair. And then that's fine. Like I yeah. can be okay. But there's others to where, like you mentioned professionally, like at what point do you just be you without one first overthinking and rethinking your primary response or then thinking, okay, how am I perceiving this? Do I need to apologize? Like there's always that unspooling thought either as a um, preventative measure or as a, like, um, like an apologetic measure, you know? (laughs) So, you know, stereotypes aside, but I like, I just, uh, you know, like I too feel like I have to 
apologize if I felt like I was too blunt. And I remember doing that more often. Mm-hmm. So then the inverse is like, just pause, find and finesse. But then I found like I was pausing and trying to script a certain response. These days though, man, I'll tell you, sometimes it's just, I'll answer an email with yes. And mm-hmm. that's it. Or no. Yeah. Like, Hey, are we able to do this? No. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like, if you think I'm rude, I won't do it to a stranger, but if it's somebody I know and I've met with them, it's like a really quick process to where I don't have to be less of my autistic self. I can just kind of briskly say, you know, we can look into it. And then other times it's like, I don't know this person, but let me just kind of write how I would, or my favorite when somebody does like a Slack chat or whatever, and just says, hi, or good morning. I don't play. I just don't. It's like, you didn't ask me a question. Yeah. You know, like there are times and if it comes back, it's like, listen, I've said hi and I've waved and I've said good morning and they keep walking. If I really needed something, I would stop and say, Hey, Chris, Hey, Jacob, Hey, Jennifer. Like, so I'm kind of just like being more comfortable as myself and people have respected. I don't get much out of Hunter. If I try to small talk, Yeah, he just doesn't have the time or the bandwidth for the social dance. But if I say, Hey, Hunter, do we have an update on XYZ? Bam, right away. So it's like, yeah. I can lay those breadcrumbs to say, hey, yeah. I don't have to, like somebody did that. And I almost wanted to just say, can you just ask me your question? I'm tired of telling you how my day was. Thanks for asking about my kids, but I know why you're chatting me out of the blue. Yeah. Just tell me what's up. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I, but it's true. And I think it's more of a, like, it's that slight bit, like I can peel the prosthetic off and it's like, you yeah. know what? I, I need to succeed and I need to fail being totally me and I need to live with that. And if I have to apologize for when I went too far, which I did, I did in a meeting and I was like, Hey, I leaned into being extremely blunt on this unnecessarily. Yeah. My apologies. You know, this actually dictated more of a pause. And then I don't look at it as like an autistic thing Then I don't feel bad. I feel like, you know what? I was just being savage. And sometimes I am, but then there's times where it's like, I'm emotionally neutral and I want to just be as quick and brisk as possible without, without the perception. That's another, I think, again, if I think of companies, social corporate stuff, um, the example I used was you get invited to some kid's birthday party. What do you say? If you say no, <laughs> it's like, oops, uh, that, that's your former friend there. And uh, yeah. it's like, so there's another bit of like, don't put people in these impossible situations. Like yeah. you can learn, we have to learn and say, yeah, I luckily people know better. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, yeah. Oh um, man, I had this experience like two weeks ago, like what yeah. you're talking about when people ask about your kids and it just makes me laugh. Like I, I um, you know, going to work and somebody I work with who I hadn't seen in a, in a couple weeks, you know, uh, she's just like, Oh, how's your daughter? And then of course, like 10 minutes later, I'm telling her yeah. every, every detail of what we did all week. And then I look at her face and I realize, Oh, I was supposed to just say good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> See? Come on, Ryan, you forgot your lines, man. You know, you know like, I'm just like, and it, it it's, yeah, it's funny. Cause it, I feel like I almost want to like, hand everybody at work like a little card with like if 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 you ask me about my week or my kid or like how I've been like I'm going to talk until you walk yeah. away so you know you can just just nod just nod and smile or just say hi yes because if like, you just say something... hi I can just say hi back 
yeah. I mean, you don't have to listen to me ramble at you for 20 minutes. Um, That's one of the, like, you were, I'm assuming you work in person with, like, I, other people yeah, in proximity. Yeah, like, I just, yeah. even the whole, like, small up, head up nod, like, you know, it's yeah. like, if I'm ever in person, I usually have my earbuds in. I yeah. take my glasses off because I'm nearsighted. So okay. I have that plausible deniability. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see I was I left my glasses at my cube you know yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'd say, but that's so I, I want to ask you about this because I have you know going back to just the the blog um, my most popular post that actually is like it has a certain domain authority by Google now um, yeah. is working for an autistic boss okay like if you search for autism boss autistic boss mine is the top hit yeah oh, that's cool. one my second my second is autism and oversharing and okay. I have just, I have not come to the point to where I want to do a video about it because I don't feel it's, it's a good video topic. I just don't yeah. know how to go about it. Yeah. But it makes me think like, why do you think it's more of an autistic predilection to just like, quote unquote, overshare? Like, why do you think we do that? I don't, I, I've never thought about it, but like the first thing that pops into my head is like, if I hear the words, um, how, how, how's your daughter? I just assume you actually are interested in hearing yeah. about how she is. Yeah. Whereas in reality, you're just being, you're just talking, you're just <laughs> being pleasant. You're just filling yes. space with, with to you asking how my daughter is, is the equivalent of just saying hello. But, um, oh, hang on. It froze for a sec. Okay. Yeah. But like, to me, it's very different. It's like saying hello is saying hello. Yeah. Asking, asking how my daughter yes. is, is like, you're expressing an interest in something that is my favorite subject. So now I want to tell you all about it. And I want to tell you yeah. about all the crafts we made this week and the hike we went on and the, yeah. the movie we watched and how she helped me make, make uh, cupcakes for the family or all this stuff. And I'm just going to fill because it's, so I think it's like, I mean, it just comes down to it this is just what pops into my head right away is like just the language is if, if you ask me how my daughter is, I, I just take that as like you actually wanting to know, whereas yeah. you're using that as just a, a filler greeting, small talk. Like you only want it. You want, you want me to just say, Oh, she's great. Like, yeah. but, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, and this yeah. happens not it's just on like that's, it happens on any subject. If you ask me about anything, your weekend. I, I'm going to tell you about it yeah. because I think you want to know. But you, then I, by the look on your face, I'm going to realize you don't actually want to know. <laughs> it's like it's almost like there's a better there's an unspoken convention. I almost want to. I'm not gifted in art, but others are, and I want. I just yeah. it. I want to be able to like get. I need to write that one down. Like, hold on. Like I'm literally writing this down NT ways to say hello. And then is how was your weekend? Okay. I, all right. I got to write that down because it's so good. Um, But like (laughs) writing like a little list of like how neurotypical say, hello, hi, hello. How was your weekend? How are you like all these kinds of questions? Like how are your daughters? You know, how'd you have fun last week? You know, that, really aren't hello but they are equivalent to like these are the the small microtransactions. when i ask you this the appropriate responses are good great she's fine awesome how's yours oh she's doing good okay thanks rather than yeah. just hey i almost wonder whether that's a certain like 
paranoia or fear from neurotypical people who don't want to be perceived as like they want to elicit or like leave a breadcrumb that they know a little bit about you so that you don't feel like you're not somebody that they like they care about you a little but not enough to hear attend. and so i almost (laughs) wonder like that dance is actually it's different but it's like if i ask hey man are your kid like there's one manager who I had to use every trick in the book who he never mentioned his wife's name or his kids' yeah. names. Yeah. Like he did once, and I had to come up with an acronym to remember it with an image. And I won't repeat yeah. it because I want to protect that. But yeah. I will ask something like so and so was in this grade and i'll you know because he mentions all the stuff he does he just never mentions their name so like even so some people are just protective or it's like hey i'm guarded about it to where you know we just don't talk about our families i wonder that may be changing but like when i ask hey how was your weekend i genuinely want to know because i like hearing stories i like learning about people yeah and i like when they give me a lot of ammo to make my next conversation easier yeah well we have this major renovation going and it's like i can tell you I may not care so much about your reno for the next five minutes, but that's going to be like the next thing I can say, Hey, so that kitchen you were talking about, you end up fixing that, like that makes it easier for me to where I just basically spin and let the momentum of that wheel take off. And like, I like that. That's why I ask, you know, like, Hey, you know, and it's, and so in a way it's almost like I'm asking because I do care versus being asked by somebody who doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, um, it's an interesting dynamic, but I think you, you hit part of the, what's that? No, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna oh. let you run with that thought. Cause like, oh I yeah, like no, I, I find that is so, it's such a, I, I'm finding a lot of this sort of theme with like neurotypical neurodiversity where mm-hmm. like a lot of times the one will appear to be something and be the not be that, but on this side, it'll actually be that, but appear not to be. Not to that be. makes sense. Yeah. And I find yeah. that. And, and then you also got me thinking about like the people I work with, like I don't generally ask them about their kids or their, I just say hi. And, yeah. and then I think, well, maybe, maybe am I being perceived like I don't care about their lives but I also just figure if anything interesting happened, they'll just tell me about it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, um, it doesn't come naturally for me to walk into work and I'm already thinking about work. So I'm getting into work mode. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like if I ask you about your kids, because when I ask, I really want to know, which means yeah. I'm expecting like a five or 10 minute answer, but I don't have time for that. So now I'm mm-hmm. just going to say hello and get into work figuring at some point if we're having a break or something and and you'll we'll just end up chatting but it's like i then i sometimes have to like remind myself when i see somebody to go oh yes this is the part where you're supposed to ask them about something you're supposed to yeah you're supposed to say think of (laughs) like run to say yeah run through what you know about them how was your weekend it's tuesday you asked me that monday (laughs) have this sort of list of things you know about them scroll down visually in your brain and then like pick something on the list and go what's up with that thing oh are you yeah is uh are you i know you like to work out is your gym open again (laughs) 
Like, are you back in the gym or, yeah. you know, how's your... And then, and then there's your... like, what's the right question to ask is the other one. Like, I'm always yeah. so afraid. Like, you know, I know you like to work out. How, um, how are your uh, deltoids? Like, huh? <laughs> you know, it's like, how are your traps doing, buddy? I, so it's like, if you don't know enough about it, yeah. you want to show that you care. Or like the one I always, I'm always dreading is asking about a family member or something who is like, oh no, we, we, we divorced or, oh no, she... Yeah. Yeah. like and it's like oh dang it like i don't so but it, when you mention like when you go in and say hi it's because it's not because you don't care it's that you're not going to stop and pretend to care until you do and can make an investment in it like i'm yes. not just going to casually ask hey how was your weekend how's this gig been treating you like we're very specific about it because i think our autistic default is literal and honest we yeah don't really have a lot of like you know hidden agenda and i don't think we can manage that well enough to to try yeah you know yeah. so there's and like i think for me you know like what you mentioned if i need to fill the void and get somebody going there's a lot of things to do it but if i need to get going but yeah. i still need to be courteous it's a it's a quick nod quick wave head up you know hey so and so if i remember their name usually just hey morning yeah. and then just keep yeah. going that's why i like to walk fast because then they know hey i'm trying to go somewhere i can't be stopped if somebody says something then it's like oh i have a drink and i can't break hard yeah, enough yeah. <laughs> what, i do have to ask you about this though because i i yeah. mentioned you know we're we're both in north america yeah. i have mentioned this and i think there's a part of it that is also cultural where I forget whether it was a, a Russian or other Eastern European commentator who talked about how it's like, it is almost intentionally set up like that to where we just don't, we don't bring up the family subject as a way of greeting. Like it's very transactional. It's in there, in formal, that, and sorry, it cut out for a second there. Um, sorry, yeah. it cut out for a second there. Uh, sorry. So can you start over on that? I just, yeah, sure can. Yeah. So I think, so I got a commenter from, uh, we're talking about like, you know, understated or unstated cultural and social expectations. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we come at it from a, a North American approach, you know, yeah. mine's obviously stateside, but I think it was somebody either in Russia or another Eastern European country who mentioned that culturally speaking, they, that's not a challenge. Like just as a matter of culture, you don't, you don't ask like about their family in passing because it's oh. considered rude or prying. So they're like, I actually evade a lot of these small talk questions because, oh. you know, here in, you know, Russia or wherever, that's just not something we do unless we're engaged in a different social setting, like non-work yeah. to where, Hey, I can ask about yeah. kids. So I'm, you know, I, obviously I don't want to infer or, you know, like get it wrong, but even the differences you've noticed in like American and Canadian stereotypes of yeah. like the, the social transactions, do you find yeah. that, you know, do you find that it would be different um, here in America versus, you know, in Canada, are there things that are just a little more like private that, Hey, help you kind of be a little better autistic versus maybe a more open culture, like in Latin America to where mm. you're just talking about everything and you kind of have to just stop and have to talk to whoever on the street and open yeah. up. So I'm curious if you had any thoughts on, on that from, from um, your standpoint. Yeah. I, I don't know that I, I know enough about like, you know, Latin American cultures or anything like that yeah, to really understand the difference. <laughs> um, as far as Canada and the States go, I mean, I think, we're close enough culturally that 
uh, I mean, Canada, Canada is, you know, it's about a 10th of the population. So much of our media is American. You yeah. know, like we're watching true all of the, a lot of places, man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like we're watching all the same shows and we're, we have the same movie. Like it's all the, we have, we have some, you know, Canadian stuff as well, but I mean, so many of the cultural yeah. reference points are going to be so the same, if not really similar. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think in general, I mean, you know, I have a, a, a general perception that Americans tend to be more blunt and Canadians tend to be a little more like, uh, we Canadians are, I mean, we're known for our politeness, Yeah, but I've noticed. <laughs> to me, to me, like that politeness so much of the time is not what, what I consider polite. It's like actually yeah. rude but it's perceived huh. as polite, which speaks to that kind of like topsy turviness of it all, where I think there's a lot of um, politeness just really means not saying what you fe- actually mean or feel or think. Ooh, interesting. So I find that it can be, uh, um, well, difficult, I guess, because yeah. like I kind of sometimes I'm just like, would everybody just fucking say what you actually think, please? Like, yeah, but, but I don't know. I mean, I imagine in, I, wh- what are your thoughts on that? I imagine this. No, that's like a, like no, that. that's a good one. I, I mentioned, cause when you said, you know, forgive me for saying this, I think you said like, sorry, three times in, in one phrase, I have a good friend who is uh, also yeah. from Toronto lives in yeah. Singapore now, but he like, it's almost a recurring gag. Like you literally reinforce this, Matt, like you say, sorry, so often. Yeah. And, it's just like, I, you know, like, again, it's a cliche, but like, I never thought about it from the the aspect of when you are really trying to interpret truth through polite obfuscation, how yeah. challenging that can be. And I think yeah. that's, um, hang on, I'm cutting out. Sorry, I'm, I'm catching back up here. Okay. Okay zoom's giving me the internet connection is unstable so just like me i can be unstable (laughs) so i think there's like some interesting cultural aspects that make it really challenging in the autistic experience like if you come from a more um you know direct culture then that may help in a lot of other like transactional elements like if i did work in russia or eastern europe to where it's the like maybe the work culture is more direct like I might thrive in that, you know, yeah. I, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't, but um, you know, knowing like, Hey, I can just kind of keep it brisk. I can operate, come in, do my job. And that's fine. I can give honest, constructive feedback yeah. and it's appreciated rather than yeah. mealy mouth because I'm trying to mollify and, you know, uh, you know, paper over some stuff, but I can also see in um, hang on one second, give me like yeah. a second real quick here. Um, okay i think i'm all right so trying to compete with bandwidth between my daughters so i gotta shut down kogoba but i think in another aspect to where if i you know if i'm trying to be more expressive or pursue a certain kind of curiosity then in cultures to where it is a little more closed that can be difficult or you know like i gave an example to where if i have to make small talk with like a shopkeeper, or even if I know, Hey, this is where I unspool. It might be in a social setting. That's really stressful. And it's yeah. like, Oh, they expect to just go for, um, 
like go for hours just talking at a party and it's like i don't i don't know if i could do that the closest example i had is when um in paris actually i i enjoyed dining in paris because who doesn't but you know what i did enjoy um was that the the service that you get they basically just leave you alone yeah and that's kind of nice and i realized like I, as much as I enjoyed the American trappings of having a server kind of come back, hover and take over stuff, um, you know, I'd always dread a little bit of the small talk or being asked how my food was while I was eating. Yeah. But in Paris, it's like, I miss out on, you know, some of the fun conversations that I would have, you know, yeah. having my drink refilled and topped off and all that stuff. But it was nice to be like well and truly left alone. So yeah. it's like, it's just even interesting to find like, you know, being autistic, you're going to be a product of whatever culture you're in and probably have just different friction points. Yeah. You know, like I think like if our family gatherings, I just like some families, even in different regions, it's like you show yeah. up and dinner lasts from 4 PM to midnight. Like I don't, I don't have the energy for that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, like I'm, I'm in bed by like eight. So like I, yeah, I look at yeah. that and, it's hard because then other families expect you to just hang out at their house forever and stay yeah. for hours. And it's like, I just can't, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, it was just like, I like, so there's some, there's some elements to where it's, it's okay, but then others yeah. to where it really, but that politeness thing you mentioned, like that's, yeah. especially if I'm trying to really get to like, I, I need you to just be specific here. Yeah. You know, that's, that's gotta be a, an interesting, interesting headwind, if anything. It is. It's funny, like being, being Canadian, we don't hear ourselves say sorry. Like it just, yeah. it comes out like, like an um, or a, you know, a filler word. Like we just, it just, we say it so much. We yeah. don't even, we don't even hear it anymore. It's like only talking to someone from somewhere else. Like you just said, sorry, 17 times. Like, cool. Yeah. Um, it's funny, man. Talking about dining, like I, 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 it's like one of those you don't, you don't. <laughs> what's that? No, no, no. Go on for the dining thing. Oh I, yeah, I, I'm, no, I'm I just now. it made me laugh about leaving alone part because I, I've my whole life I've done this so much and I, and it's only like recently I've understood it. But like I'll, I like eating alone. I like going out and eating alone. I've, I've always loved going out to like a pub or a restaurant, sitting at the bar, eating alone. And I'll sometimes order the entire meal at the beginning. Like I'll say to the yeah. person, I'm going to have three beers. I'm going to have uh, a maker's mark. At, yeah. uh, it's like, I want to order this for an appetizer. I'm going to have this yeah. for a meal. I want a pint of this. And then I'm going to have two more of those pints. After my meal, I'm going to have a maker's mark with one ice cube. I'll order the whole thing at once. I'll be like, you don't, need to, you don't need to ask me what I want. This is what I want. And at the end, after when you've given me my third beer, you can just leave the bill um yeah so it's just like I've, I've just set up the whole situation where they don't need to come every five minutes and ask me are you okay how's the food do you need another beer do you want this do you want that i just go here's i'm laying it all out for you here it is i know exact then i know exactly what's going to happen i don't need to interact yeah. with you i can do my crossword puzzle and and then at the end i'll just give you your money and and it's like that to me it's like that to me is like sometimes like the relax that's the what i need to relax and have fun and it's like you know i hope that is make, makes the job easier for that person but sometimes they think it's kind of weird so that's just it right so for me that's like that's like autistic brain 101 to where like 
I delight in being able to articulate all of the steps at once. Um, I'm yeah. sure as you're, you're queuing for something like going back to Paris really quick, yeah. the way I would practice and negotiate around like the anxiety of like, Oh my God, I can't understand the French, but yeah. I can get the cadence of the question. So I was at um, Monoprix, got a shirt there. And yes, I dared buy something, a shirt that let's just say a French large is not an American. No, it's, it's not. not even, it's not an American medium, right? No, so it fits no. me until I raise my hand and then show my navel and then it's embarrassing. Yeah. You know? So it's like, okay, <laughs> like what is it with you short torso French men? I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. So I was like in line waiting to hear the cadence of questions. Yes. Will that be all for you today? Would you like a bag? Do you need like, and just trying to predict what is she going to ask? Because I knew I could do one of two things. I could do prime autistic things. I'd like this. No, I don't need a bag. Yes, I'm set. But then I realized like maybe in France and in Paris, that's really rude if I front load all of that. Yeah. I had no idea. So I just had to brace. Like if they asked a question that used the words, I could say, you know, no, like I don't need a sack. Like, um, you know, yeah. ha- or like show that I had a bag or I'm stuffing it or like doing all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but like I do that in the States. Like if somebody's asking, I almost want there to be more appreciation for it. So that someone's like, you know, do you need a receipt? Do you need blah, blah, blah? Do you need stamps? So sometimes I go up and just say, you know, hey, this will be all. I don't need stamps for today, you know, and yes, this is confirmed to this zip code. And yeah, but you're right about the weirdness thing. Like yeah. where you think you're doing people a favor, it comes down to like the neurotypical steps. For me to be in my motions, I just want you to answer these things in order. Whereas with autism, we're thinking, I can complete all these steps for you yeah. in one yeah. transaction. Yeah. And like the fact that you mentioned like three beers at different times, Maker's Mark, single ice cube, like that's just, I don't drink. But if yeah. I did, that's the kind of way I would script it out. Yeah. But then I'd be afraid to do it because then it's like, what if they just give me a look and realize like, you know, it's actually easier for me to just go on my route and do this. And then, um, yeah. but I like that style though. And I, yeah. I, I wish I could die. It's funny. Like, do it, yeah, but. it's funny. Like sometimes it's, it, it sometimes works well, but I have noticed occasionally they kind of, they take it as like, you're being rude or something, No, but it's like, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, I just, I just want what I want. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's, that's where, yeah, I, and like kind of going back to just kind of being autistic in your own culture and negotiating that stuff. Like I, sometimes I, you know, sometimes it's okay to play along and sometimes it's just like, you know what, I want to be clever and I want to be me and I want to do this so that I can avoid the, um, like the process of just being interrupted when I just want to just want to have a beer. I just want to do my crosswords. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you mentioned eating alone. I, that actually gives me severe anxiety. I really? wish I could do it. it. I wish I could do it better. I've done it when I need to, if I'm on a business trip yeah. and I don't feel like asking to go with anybody or it just doesn't happen. It's like, well, I need to eat. Um, and I don't want to go bring a steak to my room. <laughs> you know, like So, yeah. but then it's like, what do you, what do you do? Like, I guess maybe I should get into crosswords, but I feel yeah. like that's the whole now I feel like people are staring at me. What if my food's not here? Do I just look at people? Let me take my glasses off. Okay. I can't tell if they're looking at me. So <laughs> there's like a level of like, I can eat alone with nobody else around, but yeah, I think it's yeah. more of like, and this is where it's neurodivergence is just, it's just different. There's some yeah. stuff that stokes dread in people. Um, 
like even going back earlier, like people just talking about their experience or like video stuff. People yeah. are like, I don't know how you look so comfortable. I'm like, I just, I did this for a decade. I, yeah. I don't struggle with it, um, yeah. but other people, other people do. And yeah, that's so, the same kind of embracing like, the, yeah, no, sorry. Um, yeah, no, it's the same. Like, like I, 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 for years I, I, I made music and I toured, I had a, a music group and I performed yeah. on stage and it's like, I have no, I have no problem. Like I can get up on stage with a microphone in front of a thousand people. And like, I have no problem doing that. But like, you know, if I'm having dinner with six people, I'm, I'm like sweating. <laughs> you know what I mean? I but have it's... heard that from like a lot of even, I think the dynamics of that are different. And I, like, I hear that so much to where I, I'm not challenging you, but what I hear yeah. from like other people, like when, um, so my company sometimes will fly everybody in for a large summit and yeah. everybody likes to say, oh, I'm an introvert. Oh, I'm an introvert too. And I'm like, y'all cannot all be introverts. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, y'all yeah, are yeah. hamming it up. And I, so I realized like, this is where, um, obviously you, you know, kind of come into the, the diagnosis later. And, you know, I, I think, I feel like 16 was too late for me, but you wow. start to slice a little bit of like, what, what part of this is just human? What part of this is autism? Mm-hmm. And what part of this is just me? And you yeah. look at like, do I like spicy Korean foods? Because people do, I guess, if you're a spicy Korean, you like spicy Korean foods or, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, Korean, that's your culture palate isn't an autism thing. I, I don't know. Is there a certain yeah. tolerance that we have? So I, it's like, we analyze this stuff, but yeah. I'm glad you brought up your musical days. Cause like mm-hmm. I was thinking as I was rehearsing this, I, one of my best buddies, Chris has a very era specific encyclopedic knowledge of like rap and hip hop, but his era is more like 1999 to 2005, or it's like somewhere in there. So it's yeah. not early nineties, but I was like, yeah. you know, I got to ask Ryan about this, but yeah, how that's like, funny. Cause my, my era is like late eighties to mid nineties. So that's I have it. that like, same yeah. thing. I've got that like encyclopedic knowledge of hip hop in that era like yeah. i used to just open up the album covers and like memorize everything as i was listening to the records and, yeah. and just knowing all these like obscure 12 inches like these obscure groups that only released one single in like 1991 and were never heard from again and like i know that song inside and out like it's memorized it's like yeah. crazy you know yeah and that's like so it brings me i there's another um there's another youtuber indie andy who his his thing is like not his only thing but one of his special interests is is pokemon okay and i find that it's interesting because i can't talk about pokemon on my channel it's not it's not something i'm gonna go do a whole episode on it has some stories but it's one of those weird intersections between general interest with a special interest folded in so when i talked to indy andy i was like everybody's into pokemon but my thing was like early age i remember watching it as a tv show before i knew it was an anime and like i didn't realize it was not originally american because i was young and stupid yeah Um, just going into like i got into like the japanese card scene which was super like ultra niche back then so yeah it's like taking like what was a broad interest and it's like well i took like the special interest version of this like star wars like you like star wars like i know i was just thinking like yeah i like star wars too i like you know i know like knowing that the name of the monster in jabba's palace is a rancor i know the 
his trainer was named Malakili. And it's like, okay, hold yeah. on, you're weird now. Because it's like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, people like Star Wars. So how did that intersection work for you to where like rap and hip hop, dude, that's an interest and it's a cool one. Like you can yeah. actually garner like, you know, a lot of good social capital with it. But yeah. then when you mentioned encyclopedic stuff, that probably puts you at like a, it probably gave you a tribe. Yeah. Like a hundred kind of click. Click and try. I'd I'd love to hear more about like your pre-enlightened autistic state as being like in the hip hop tribe. Like I just I just want to know kind of like like how you manage that or where it helped maybe smooth over difference, but also helped align you with um, maybe some of your identity back then. I don't know. It just it's it fascinates me, man. Cool. Does. Um. God, I mean, this is, I'll try to, I'll, I'll attempt to keep it short. This is the kind of thing I could talk about for days. Yeah, I figured. But, yeah, I think, um, I think when you talk about it being like a, a, a source of like social capital, that's totally part of it. Like I can see that so clearly now looking back when I was a kid, like I was, you know, going, I was um, whatever identified as gifted, right? Like put yeah. into the gifted classes that led to being bullied and being picked on at school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, all the, 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 the kids that hated the, the nerd kids. And I was, yep. I was one of the nerd kids. So I found myself for like, you know, safety and security. Um, started hanging out with a, a couple kids in my neighborhood um, that were into like skateboarding and hip hop. Yeah. And I got really into both those two things. Now I am severely uncoordinated. So any yeah. attempt at doing anything with my body is, is a joke. So the skateboarding side, I was just never going to be good. And I hung out with a group of guys who were, some of them were really, really good at skateboarding. And yeah. I was never going to be that. Like I just, I would fall down and just wipe so, out. So and... you're kind of like Rodney Mullen, only the exact opposite. Back yeah, then, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, like I know one skateboarder that's yeah. era specific. So that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I kind of, I mean, obviously I didn't consciously know any of this at the time, but like the hip hop side, I just got really into it. I think there was also like, um, there was a, uh, the music to me, just the, 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 the beats and the rhymes, like that combination of things just really touched my soul in a way that like, it's, it's, it's still a huge part of my life now. And then I got into, um, I started practicing dabbling in the arts. So I was like, well, I, I'm never going to be able to break dance because I'm uncoordinated and I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I just can't do it. I mean, you know, um, I have dyspraxia too. So like my body's just like, I don't know where I am in space. Yep. It's so more breaking than dancing basically. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I, I got into like graffiti art and I could do that. I, I, I had a good art, artistic talent, uh, DJing. I could not do. Yeah. Um, cause you have to coordinate like two different beats and pl- yeah. mix them or together. It's like even wearing like the headphone over one ear yeah. and not the other. I'm like, that rules me out. And yeah. like, sorry, I, I just, I can't play that I, game. There. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Like you have to be able to listen to one beat with one ear and the other beat with the other ear and then match yeah. them up. And my brain them, just... or like mixing on key. I'm like, what is a key? I can't even yeah. intuit that. Like forget. Yeah. But then uh, the, the rapping yeah. side, so, like, not I like I tried, but it's just like, oh. I, I can empathize with like, that's, yeah. Oh, sorry. Cut out for a sec there. Yeah, I'm here. Back. No. Um, yeah, you're good. Yeah. So, so that, so I got into rapping. I got into rapping. I started rapping when I was a teenager and I got, I, I practiced and practiced and practiced. 
and I got really good at freestyling. I don't know if you know mm, what that is. I do. I do. Yeah. So I got really good at freestyling. So then when there's um when there's a party, yeah, and someone's DJing and playing beats, and a bunch of us that are into rapping are freestyling. Well, I got so I got I did get social capital there by being a good yeah. freestyler. I became I became the best. Like I wow. had to be and I got to a point where I would go I would go and like battle other rappers and I never lost a battle. I just ref- wow. I refused to lose. I went into every battle like I I'm going to have to like I'm either going to win this or my bloody corpse is going to get dragged <laughs> off. Like I'm I'm never going to I'm never going to cede defeat to anyone. I'm just yeah. going to like be basically like the Viking berserker equivalent in in a in a freestyle rapping. So I got into that. Viking and then also Ber- that's that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so I'm just trying to imagine like so so this was like this was when and where? Was this like Toronto like this proper? Is, this is like starting in the city I grew up in, which is a city called London, which is two hours okay. from Toronto. That's what I was asking because I've heard from people from London and I can never yeah. figure out whether they're talking London, UK or London as in Ontario. Yeah, in Ontario. Okay, because you've mentioned that. I was like this dude's not in the uk like what the heck is all this like cory doctorow's the same way i'm like okay i i'm i'm, I'm figuring it out now so okay yeah. this this makes sense so, so and it's funny because right. my, my 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 journey in music like i started in high school then i had a rap group and we were doing talent shows and we were actually doing really well and then yeah. and then i started i started my own um like hip-hop magazine that i started publishing in the 90s and then I started pro- like prom- promoting um, concerts, yeah. like bringing artists from the states up to perform, and and then and then I eventually started like getting into other stuff, like um, became like was writing for other magazines, and and then wow. working for record companies and stuff like that. So it just led to this whole journey, um, and yeah. So I think it's it's. I mean, I still love it, and it's it's still part of who I am. But yeah, it is interesting to, to kind of notice that back in the day, like there was certainly uh, some social capital attached to it. And it also was just giving me something to do. Like yeah. when I'm in a social space, if I don't have something to do, I'm very uncomfortable. I can't just stand around and talk to other people because yeah. that's like super not comfortable for me. But hey, throw some beats on and let's rap. Okay, now I have something yeah. to do. And I have something to practice and something to be good at and something to get recognized for. And then I feel like I'm participating in the social gathering. Yes. And I, and I'm being seen in that place and I'm part of it, but I have this thing to focus on. So I don't have to be like, so jokes, jokes, funny, make each other laugh. Yeah. All right. So like, it's one of those, like, and that I, and this is one of those where, like my dad and I, he doesn't talk about it, but I've kind of interpreted that where you, you don't want to feel like you're not there. Like who doesn't yeah. want to be at a party? Like I don't always, but you want to like, especially if you're younger or, you know, you want some validation at some point, yeah. but you don't want to have to go through the same kind of motions because you just can't go up and make conversation. Mm-hmm. So like I'm like re- rehashing this. I'm like, man, if there's a beat on, like, I don't even know what to do. Do I nod my head? Do I try to dance? And then I think you cracked it. You just start freestyling. Like, and then yeah. at that point, you're in your own world, but you're still in that world. Yeah. And like, that's a kind of dynamic that I think is hard. And I almost wonder like whether there's a certain kind of, you know, like autistic 
bent to creators who who do this like i'd rather not be in the audience because i don't know how to be an audience participant yeah. i'd rather be on stage because then i i feel like i'm surrounded by people but i'm doing something yeah uh, for my dad he hit photography is his thing and yeah. i don't know and it's i i almost wonder like did he do that just to be involved without having to be involved like yeah. i'll just show up and take pictures like he joked yeah i'll go help it with this moving project i'll take pictures while everybody's moving but like I, I look at it where it's almost like if you have a very focused purpose yeah. that does also intersect with passion and proficiency. Yeah. Um, like I, I may not look at, and I don't, and this is a joke, but like I, I don't mind actually helping people move furniture because yeah. for me, it's super practical. I love showing off that I can lift heavier things than I should. And it's very purposed. It's like, yeah. oh, there's a group thing, but like, I, I will always be moving something, you know? Yeah. And I know that yeah. it's a dumb example, but yeah, like at parties, I like a work summit. I was glad to have gotten like an urgent request from like a senior director. And I was like, I got to be in the middle of everything, but focused. I'm like, Hey, I'd love to talk, but so-and-so needs this by end of day. And I have no idea how to do it. And, yeah. but I wouldn't want to do it alone. I, I yeah. still wanted to be part, but that's like, it's amazing how you drew that dichotomy there of like, you know, you're, you're doing something and that's your yeah. thing. I just don't know how you braved it the first time where you could freestyle in front of people. Like that yeah. had to be something. I don't know. I think it, I think desperation maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if just, I was desperate, I, I, it's like, I'm sorry. Nothing. The words would not come out. I use something yeah. called syllabic that didn't quite rhyme or have the yeah. same meter and, and get laughed at. And that's that. I get think it was, off the stage. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like I had a, a couple other friends around me. We were all getting into it at the same time. We were all practicing. No, yeah. no one was good to begin with. Yeah. You know, it's like we, we were really terrible freestylers for a few years and yeah. we just slowly got better. And I think, I think the, there's that camaraderie too. Cause like, I mean, you know, this is, I think this is sort of all often said about like male friendships tend to be about yeah. activities, whereas female friendships tend to be about talking. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I noticed this plain as day with like weeks ago, we had some neighbor kids over uh, to the local toboggan Hill. And I was there with my daughter and within seconds the girls had all gone off to like a big snow mountain and they were making that their princess castle. And they were, okay, this room's going to be your room and this is yep. your room. And they're like negotiating how to construct this imaginary world. And the boys were taking turns on their yeah. GT snow racers to see who could go further, you know, go faster and further. And it was yeah. like, this just, ha this happened within two minutes of us all being there. And you know, so yeah. I mean, that's kind of a common male thing. But I think for me, like, like, you know, being male and being autistic, it was maybe amplified a little with those friendships were around, like around freestyling around practicing this skill and doing this thing that we were all sharing in. And that became so important to me because I didn't know how to have friends. But yeah, oh, we now we have this thing we're doing. We'll go, we'll get together. We'll practice this for a few hours. We'll, we'll all try to elevate each other and help each other get better. And then at the end, when it's done, like I feel closer to these people. I feel like I have friends. I feel like we have a bond. It's all around yeah. this activity, but it, 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 it felt, you know, it was cool. And that's like an interesting bit. I was, when you're talking about the, the snow castle thing, like I, 
I have uh, I have very female friendships with my male friends. <laughs> like we will yeah. do the talking, we will. But yeah. it was born out of very similar passions of like it was more work stuff. But we were all yeah. super motivated and super driven. And yeah. if we did not align so well on our skills abilities, it would be competitive. But we all yeah. got the same kind of humor. So we'd all work on projects. We'd all do stuff. We'd play the same like apps. There was this thing called billionaire on our phones and we would just like overdrive that and get looped into the same kind of stuff. We don't have a lot of similar activities. So I joke that our our friendships have become more quote unquote feminine because all we do now is talk and just, you know, spit ideas, but it took, this was pre, you know, disclosure for me to them, but it took that kind of like, Hey, we align on this activity. And yeah. that's kind of the bridge, you know, and that, that seems like it was really, really formative, formative to you. Did you, did you ever still feel different? Like, even though you were a little bit of an insider with all that skills, like, where did you feel your most outsidery even in that? I all, I mean, the only time I felt comfortable was when we were doing that activity. Like we'd be at a yeah. party and that someone would be DJing beats and we'd be freestyling. And I felt pretty at home in that as soon as that part of the night was done and we were back to socializing, then I was just lost. And I was just wandering from room to room in this party, trying to figure out how to be part of a conversation and never succeeding. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, yeah, always felt very outsidery in that, in that sense, like, and even within that group, like we were, there were two guys in the group with me and we'd all get together and we'd practice and we would, work on because we like wrote songs and we were trying to get in the studio and record songs and even then like I always felt even within the group of the three of us I felt very much the outsider of that group like I felt like the two of them had a close friendship and 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 a rapport and an ease with each other that I was not able to achieve with either of them um it was still better for me than every anything else I had but it, it still felt very like yeah. I never, I was never relaxed around it's it. It's like, it's funny. You met like I even, <laughs> so it's, there's a symmetry to this. Cause I always find it's like, I, cause again, I have like two like best friends who, you know, they're my friends from work, but they come to visit. And yeah. sometimes when they're just chilling in my house, it's like, so yeah. <laughs> and these are like my best friends too yeah, yeah, like i would yeah. be in there i would be in one's wedding and i'd be in one second wedding if it came to it you know yeah. but it's just more like okay what do we do and you know the other two will do stuff a little more naturally and then yeah. it's like I, and like it's been like a source of great joy but like if something goes amiss and then i feel weirded out and it's like i'm depressed but then then like as you're describing it it's like i do a lot of freestyling with with ferg and jerry you know, and it helps yeah. branch out and like create that kind of bond. But there's sometimes just like, look, I'm an autistic dude. Yeah. And sometimes it is just, I need a functional activity sometimes, or yeah. just like a certain mode, you know, to where like, hey, I can be comfortable when we're doing something. Hey, if like, even younger, it's like, hey, I can build Legos with you and we can talk. But if you take the Legos away, it's like, yeah, so what's up you know it's like where do, what do we do now like yeah. connects no connects are lame okay yeah um great and that's i think that's kind of where 
like I think you know this is an interesting like adult autistic friendships like it, I think it's just knowing that there's got to be something there's got to be it can't just be to hang out like it's got to be like for me and my one other you know my other friend Josh it's like I call it a mandate like the one yeah. you know man it's like let's do tacos and that is like the focal point of yeah. okay now I feel like I can bridge this because it's an activity and then I can branch off into more philosophical stuff but if yeah. it's just to hang out aimlessly I he can hold a conversation with himself he's good at that but it's yeah. like I still struggle with that and this is somebody I've known for close to like two decades it feels like yeah so but it's just an it's again it's an interesting paradox of yeah my best friend is great when we're doing this he's still yeah. my best friend when we're not he's just different you yeah. know but it's nice that you find or can at least have that kind of understanding but yeah yeah it's i found like back man my um like my my best friend now it's it's a really interesting ha- thing happened a couple of months ago like yeah. we've been friends for years and years and years and we've a lot of that time we've lived in different cities like yeah. even across the country and not get to see each other too much and sometimes we just wouldn't talk that often and i've always like i'd sometimes phone but like i would feel awkward on the phone like i didn't know if he wanted to talk on the phone and then i would yeah be awkward and then I would be trying to get off the phone because I didn't think he wanted to be on the phone but then yeah. I was worried I'm being rude like he doesn't think I want to <laughs> no. be on the phone and it just yeah. was like really every time I talked to him I felt super awkward and then a few months back I was kind of going through a bit of a difficult time and I I was talking to my my coach who who and I was talking about like how I I feel like I need my friends but I'm not sure how to ask them to be my friends and and he yeah. was like, well, why don't you just ask them? It's like, just straight up, just say you need support right now and you need friendship and you need them to reach out. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I um, sent a text to my buddy and I said, hey, can I call you? Like, when's a good time and talk? And I just explained to him, I said, I'm going through some stuff. I, I really feel like I need um, people I can talk to regularly. I, yeah. I would love that to be you. I said, I don't want to put any pressure on you. If that's not something that, that works for you, then don't yeah. feel obligated. I don't want... Um, and then we decided to just do a weekly phone call. Yeah. So we talk every Tuesday Yeah. and it's like been so amazing because we just, we, we know we're going to talk every Tuesday. We, we do. And then there's no pressure about what we need to talk about. It's not like we, and if you haven't spoken in months, it's like, Oh my God, I got to catch up on everything. There's none of that. We, yeah. we're in tune with each other's lives because we've just got an update a week before. So we kind of know what's going on. Yeah. And then the phone call, sometimes it's like 10 minutes, sometimes it's two hours Yeah, and it can it's just, like but it feels so relaxed now because it's, we've, we've defined it. We've scheduled it. Yes. We made it a regular thing. So yes. I know, I know that he wants to talk to me on Tuesday. So I don't feel weird calling. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's defined. And then well, exactly. if, you've got a structure there that clarifies it for yeah, you, you know, yeah. and that's like, I'm curious, do you, so even in this one, are, like, do you ever still text them out a cycle? Yes. You see, that's the thing. Like, and it's one yeah. to where like, I've like, it's that structure to where if there is something there, then I feel like, okay, like with, with Josh, right. Yeah. We don't go due to, you know, the pandemic, we don't do torches 
torch tacos you know yeah. I'm, I'm overdue now we don't do it every month but it yeah. will occur it yeah. has that unspoken cadence but do i text him out of the blue does he hit me up do i join his facebook lives when he's trying a grilling experiment inside his house like there's still like hey this whole landscape and i think the quote yeah. of like i forget just the truth of you know friends friends can talk every day or they don't like yeah. and that's okay it, it's yes. almost like a in the innateness of the structure i think helps you as as an autistic person yeah like then you can answer the questions of they're still my friend i know i'm different they're different too they're not going to be any less of my friend or more because of the frequency and i think that's like that's a struggle that man we're talking like when i do like graduate courses on hey now you're a thriving autistic person how do you make and maintain friendships with other autistic people otherwise without it seeming weird and I think the frequency one is probably the biggest, like yeah. I I'm extremely routine. I get up early and I will send like a good morning chat in my work thing to my two buddies, but it's like, am I less of a friend if I don't? Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. And if they don't respond right away, they're not less of a friend. It's yeah. actually a tell just by dint of routine. If I don't say anything, they'll be like, dude, did you sleep in? Did you die? You know, And that tells me, <laughs> and, and it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Did you die? But it's like, it tells me, you know what? Like they know my patterns implicitly enough to where yeah. I'm not obligated to do it. And it's almost like they're concerned if I don't. And it's yeah, just that yeah. unspoken. Um, yeah, man. That's like, I, I used to call it the F word friends, you know, <laughs> and I still yeah, do yeah. like, I, but it's, but it's true. And I think it's, it's part of the joy of the human experience, but also the autistic human experience. Yeah. Like I, I tell people I've, I've got a lot of acquaintances, but few friends, but they're yeah. all, they're all a hundred percent. And yeah. I can Same. appreciate that. Do you know we're winding up time, man? I want to know one, first off the new logo design thing. I don't know if it's new, but like that bluish yellow life autistic yeah. with Ryan Summers like that. That just looks good. I saw oh, I'm like, that is just a good look. I love it. Thank Curious you. on your plans for uh, you know, world domination with this. Cause I, you have my word, man. I'm, I'm not a good podcast host and I, I am delighted for the people who are going to search it and find a great podcast. And yeah. it's not going to be mine. I, I'm going to be a guest on one of them. So I, yeah, yeah. I really well, love that, that that corner of the market is getting saturated well, with quality, but I'm glad we, t- I'm glad we got to talk. And yeah. it, was, it was obviously like, I think, I, I think I first reached out to you via Instagram. Cause I was like, yeah. Oh, this is weird. Like I'm doing this thing and I've called it this and, and you're called that. And it was like, is this, is this awkward? Is this weird? Or are you mad at me? Or is this going to be an awkward, issue? weird? Yes. Mad. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, so, I was trying to take out Iowa PBS cause they're the ones using yeah, that. Like, which I didn't I'm like, I was like, Oh, I don't like their content. Sorry. And it's like, y'all, y'all could pick like a different name. And I think I out index them now, which is good. Good. Nah, dude, I'm just, like I said, yeah. you throw a, somebody clever enough to search for that deserves to find something clever in return. Well, and yeah. I I, and I, and I'm, I'm happy that they'll search for that and find you, which is awesome. Cause I, I love what you're doing. And I'm, I was happy to get that reply back of like, Hey, yeah. Awkward. Yes. Mad. No, we're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I love, I love what you're doing and I'm glad we kind of got, nice. got to talk and, and yeah, I mean, for me, I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm recording a conversation every week now and I, I'm just loving this process. I mean, like you kind of talked about earlier, like the numbers to me, I don't care about, like, sure. It's exciting when I was like, Oh my God, we have 10,000 downloads. Like that's small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. But for me, as like a guy who just started doing this at his kitchen table, like on his phone, I'm like, it's fun. And it's like, 
but the the meaning the meaning in it is like those messages getting from people saying hey this is this is meaningful for me and i'm like that's really yeah. cool it's the same way i felt about music when i had my my music career yeah i never had a hit i never was big but i had these little interactions i had one show one time where this guy came up to me and he said there was a certain song i had and it was a song i wrote during a really tough period of depression and this one guy came up to me and said that song saved my life i was suicidal and when i heard that song i i knew somebody else knew what i was feeling and i knew that you had gone through that feeling and come out of it and that one guy i mean it sounds so trite but it's true that one guy saying that one thing to me that one time is the most important part of my entire music career and i feel like with this with this podcast it's the same i love having these conversations i love sharing them i love the feedback if if it ever led to something where i was able to like do this for a living like Sure, I would love that. Just, but not. But yeah, just because, say no. Yeah, <laughs> but just because I love doing this so much, it's so exciting for me, and I do feel like I get the dual benefit of I get to enjoy it, and also I feel like it's doing good, and like those two yes. things. If I if if I could do that more, like it's a great feeling. But ultimately, like I'm probably well still going to be bartending good. for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, hey man, like you know, look, I might be it's the same and i think you hit two points of like doing there's doing well and then there's doing good yeah and i I like to do both but man when you said like the thought just kind of clicked in there's making a living but then there's there's giving and saving lives you know giving life and saving life like when you it's it's true let's just say i you and i have very similar audience who say similar things and it's like sometimes you it might not be the biggest flame, but that spark shoots off and it just sets yeah. somebody else ablaze. And like the fact that you link it to like, what if you did go viral and went big, but that moment got taken away from you to where that one person said, you know, was never there. And, yeah. you know, because you were too big and it didn't speak to them. And I'm, I'm yeah. Ryan, I'm still reckoning with that myself. Like I, yeah. do I want to be viral your, shit, your shit's blowing up yo well i you know what it's it, it is it literally it's just steady along but like you said weekly conversations for me yeah. it's, this is just what i do now it's yeah. a weekly thing i love the ideas and it just has the effect yeah. of i appreciate my audience and i'm glad that it resonates and that it's it gives life and it yeah. does good even if i'm not making a living and doing yeah. it well like that 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 is a great fringe benefit if and when it happens but in the yeah. interim you know, touching lives is, is quite the enterprise. I don't know why yeah. that's like, that's the autistic advocacy enterprise. It and is. Delighted to, delighted yeah. to share in that with you. And I think everybody, like people like me, like you, like other people doing things in this space, everyone's got their own take, their own approach. Yeah. For me, like I'm just drawn to this like long form one-on-one conversation. Like that's just, that's yeah. my bread and butter. That's what I like doing other people yeah, you yeah. see the the people that do like these short edited cool videos and i'm like those are great i love yeah. them it's just not what i'll ever do and yeah. like i love what you do i love watching yeah. your videos but i look I at them i can't do an interview over two hours man like it's just yeah. well you just 
You just did. Uh, I just did. I know. Like I had to bargain you know? with the family. I'm like, I'll take the kids shopping. I'll do yeah. this. We'll get the house clean. But yeah. I then I, I I know what you mean. Like it's just videos are work, but it's a it's a tightly compressed. And I if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't I wouldn't do yeah. it. And just like this, I I've enjoyed being a guest though. I yeah. people people hit me up for this, but I I have a lot of respect for those who are good conversational brokers. I'm not, but I, I love when people practice that craft and uh, make a good conversation out of it. Well, I appreciate, I I, I thank you for doing this and uh, I appreciate like you're, you're really good at articulating around this stuff. Uh, You know, I, I kept some notes and the things I wrote down, like just little quotes that I I just think are really helpful. And I, you, you you got a really good um, grip on the subject, and I appreciate your time, man. So thanks so much. I appreciate you. Appreciate you having me, man. So yeah. and on a Saturday too. So like I'm yeah. not in my office on a weekend, but I uh, this was good. I love how the life autistic meets the life autistic. I know so, it's awesome. Good stuff. But All hey, right, man, thanks, I'm brother. legit. Absolutely, yeah. dude. You take I hope care. We, uh, I hope we can do this again one day. And, and uh, again, thanks for your time, brother. Hey, man. Thank you so much. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.